Welcome to In 20XX. This series takes the listener year by year into the future. Ride the wave of change. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, skepticism, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. Sitting cross-legged on the couch, Wilma Knotts pets her cat, Eastwood, on her lap. Sparkly braids accent her straight hair, one on the left side and one on the right side. Wearing one of her husband's old shirts, she hooks two fingers around the neckline. On her AR, she watches Nab the Troll, a show that uncovers the identities of some of the meanest online trolls and interrogates them. Details of their lives are showcased. Most trolls lead pathetic lives. Many confess to being abused as children and bust out crying. The show gets some criticism because three of the trolls they uncovered committed suicide. The president calls the show feminist propaganda and unpatriotic. A commercial comes on. Did you know your beloved pet can earn you money? By getting VR dot implants for your pet, you can start data farming whiskers. When the link comes up, Wilma clicks on it. The next day, she hears a knock on the door. A service bot, wearing a uniform, asks her to bring her cat to the van parked on the street. Its LED face shell displays a kindly face of a middle-aged femme. When Wilma and her cat enter the van, the bot places Eastwood in a shallow pan, and before the cat or Wilma know what's happening, robot arms extend from the walls, lift the cat, inject tiny chips in key places under Eastwood's skin, and withdraw. The cat leaps away, but the procedure is done. The service bot hands Wilma a bag. After she's gotten Eastwood back inside the house, she takes a collar from the bag and puts it around his neck. Instructions in her AR say the collar will read the signals from the chips. The chips broadcast in high detail all movements the cat makes. The collar also records sound, GPS temperature, and maps the terrain. Wilma takes a cylinder out of the bag. The size of a coffee cup, the receiver collects all the signals from the collar and sends them to the company. Reading the instructions, she says, Oh, I could have up to five pets on this one receiver. The next day, she arrives at the Humane Society, and going from cage to cage, she talks to each cat and rubs their chins if they come to the bars. The femme attendant stands near Wilma. Wilma says, How many are there? The femme says, We currently have 12 here. Wilma turns to face the attendant and says, Well, I'll take them all. The femme flushes a deep red and says, Hold on, you said you had a pet. There are limits to how many pets a household can have. Plus, your request raises concerns. Simeon Knotts sets out at 5 a.m. on the single-passenger hexapod built for speed. The size of a horse, the hexapod handles the rocky terrain beautifully. His seat sits low, so the tops of the six legs are level with his shoulders. An all-terrain truck holding six sentry bots follows behind. The bots stand on shelves they can step off of, bright yellow padding affixed to their arms and legs. A small auto backhoe follows in the rear. The sky grows brighter, and 70 degrees will exceed 100 by the afternoon. Winter is over, so he should remember to enjoy the cool weather while he can. He drives the hexapod along the U.S. side of the wall. His assistant says, The sounds were detected 15 miles from here. The hexapod can drive. 
Simeon says, Yes, do that. He takes his hands off the double joysticks. The hex continues up an incline, striking rocks with its feet, but not bumping him at all. Sitting back, he lifts his mug of mushroom coffee and takes a careful sip so he won't burn his tongue. The wall stretches the entire border from California to Texas. Bots walk the length and stop to set listening sensors on the ground. When they hear tunnel diggers in his jurisdiction, they send him an alert. This stretch of wall is made by shipping containers stacked too high and lined lengthwise. This newer wall rests 10 yards back from an older wall that's smaller and falling apart in places. Bots walk the top of the wall. Surveillance cameras along the top pick up every movement, even the flights of bats. AIs watch all the live streams. Most humes spotted by the cameras can be ID'd. If someone can't be ID'd or is recognized as a known offender, an AI alerts border security. The coffee has cooled, and Simeon takes a drink. Will he forget what coffee plant coffee tastes like? The caffeinated fungi drink tastes similar, but it isn't roasted and he misses the cooked flavor. Simeon is one odd-looking dude. When a neighbor said he and his wife seemed like a happy couple, he said, Well, she didn't marry me for my looks. Sure, he could have his crooked nose straightened, but his whole body is weirdly proportioned. When he walks, his arms hang at his sides. His head always tilts and he blinks a lot. One of the regulars at his favorite watering hole said, No offense, but are you a space alien trying to look hume? Simeon shrugged and said, Your mom. Check it out, he's still got a job. When he started with border security, he worked with 47 others out of a four-story building. Now it's just two humes in a mostly unused building and a shitload of automated equipment. If not for the tunnel diggers, would he still have a job? His glasses darken as the sun rises above the horizon. Ahead, a person and two bots walk back and forth between a delivery truck and a waystation building. Simeon says, Assistant, go over to the waystation loading bay. The person, wearing fatigues and a cap, stops and watches him. He rolls the window down and holds his hand out, waving slowly. As he gets closer, he determines the person is a femme. When he stops and climbs out, the femme steps forward and says, How you doing? Dust and grease mark her uniform. Her eyebrows rest low. He says, Good. One of her bots carries a large crate into the building. The other moves an IT rack full of mounted equipment out of the building and sets it on the side of the building with more racks and computer parts. He says, What are you doing? She says, I'm updating the computer. We have one protein computer that'll replace all those. She points at the racks. He says, What happens to the old computers? She says, County Waste will pick them up. He says, Wow, my daughter loves computers. I wish she were here. I bet she'd pester you with a thousand questions. The femme laughs. He says, She'd love trying to get one of those server computers to work. She says, You know we can't let you do that. How'd you even get it home? He says, Plenty of room on the seat in that backhoe. I carried a busted landscaping bot home in that thing. She says, Was that for your daughter too? He says, As a matter of fact, it was. She says, I have to go in now. I'll be inside for at least two hours and no one will be watching that pile of junk. She walks toward the building. He says, Nice talking to you. He wastes no time pulling two server computers from a rack and hoisting them into the backhoe cab. Betty has tried all the weight loss meds over the years with limited success, but Treventa has melted away her fat overnight. 
Now if only she could save up for an excess skin removal operation. Sun wrinkles accent her pear-shaped face. Her curly blonde hair is short in the front and long in the back. Walking through her house, she sings, They think our love is just a growing pain. Why don't they understand it's just a crying shame? Her kids are all over the place. Some are inside. One went to throw rocks at the old cars in the junkyard, and a few of the others she doesn't know where they are. When she brings an empty water jug out to her porch, she sees Wilma picking up things in her yard. The hot wind blows hard, and locals find items on their properties all the time. Not far off, the border wall stretches west and east, disappearing over the horizon in each direction. The surrounding single-story houses were built to hold solar panels, and their roofs all face the same direction. She walks across the yard and says, Hi, Wilma. Holding some sort of flap, Wilma straightens up. Her weird-looking daughter is out in the yard, too, picking up a plastic plate and holding it away from herself to look at it. Wilma, way better looking than that husband of hers, lifts a hand and waves. She lets the flap drop and places both palms on her back over her hips. Her skin darkens in the spring and the wind pulls at her long hair. Betty walks up to her. Terry. Her daughter tears out of the house and stops herself by grabbing onto Betty's leg. Betty says, They finished the wall yesterday. I heard the last part was put up in Texas. Wilma squints at Betty and says, I heard. Wilma's weird-looking kid stands with her head thrown back staring up into the sky. What the heck does that kid see in the sky? There ain't nothing up there. Wilma says, I passed two of your kids by the school. How do you keep track of them all? Betty says, I don't. Wilma says, How many do you have again? Betty says, I've got eight last I counted. I know it's a lot. The thing is, once I read on fact book that you need to have at least eight kids to have one good one. If you have eight kids, at least one will turn out rotten, miserable, a failure, rude, or some sort of problem. But you'll also get one kid who'll grow up successful, rich, mother-loving, and have lots of kids themselves. While Betty says this, she stares at Wilma's weird-looking kid who spins slowly with her head leaned way back. Betty says, You have just the one? Wilma says, Yes, I love her a lot. She's a very special girl. Betty feels bad for Wilma. A lot of parents have just one kid, but most of those kids fall somewhere in the middle. Not too clever or ambitious, but not too unlawful or foolish either. That girl is something else. Betty wouldn't bet five bucks on that girl making it into her 30s. Betty says, Well, I'm hot. I'm going inside. Good night, folks. Wilma says, See ya. When Wilma and her daughter Grace have picked up all the debris in their yard, Wilma says, Come on, my little ostrich. Grace, ten years old, runs into the house shouting, I need juice. Wilma enters, shuts the door and says, Honey, I don't think you should have any more. Cats collect in every room of the house. Five rest on the couch. One sleeps on a countertop. Two cats sit on the coffee table. A box in the corner holds four newborn kittens. Grace says, But I need it. She bursts into tears. Wilma walks up to her, puts her hand on the girl's forehead and says, You're burning up. I think you have a fever. Grace says, You always say that, Mama. Wilma shudders. Maybe she should have had that second child. What's that saying? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Or in this case, it'd be, if you have more than one egg, don't use just one. Humes are at the greatest bottleneck in evolution of all time, probably. The climate is teetering between slowly improving and tipping into total catastrophe. 
Yet humes aren't evolved to respond to threats that approach slowly. Most can't care what life will be like five years from now. Misinformation leads to pain and suffering. Drugs are so addictive that one wild night can trap someone into a painful early death, even trapping people who wouldn't party that much over a lifetime. The world is changing so quickly. How can anyone hope to adapt? If Wilma were 10 now, would she have what it takes to survive the coming decades? Wilma enters the principal's office and glares at Henry Mason, an older man with a spiky crew cut and straw broom mustache. He sits in front of a bank of screens that live streams the classrooms. Grace sits on a bench. Wilma says, What now? Henry says, She won't stay in VR. He points at a screen and touches his thumb to his index finger. The feed is replaced with a video showing Grace's classroom full of students, sitting at desks and wearing headsets. Grace sits among them. She takes off her headset, stands, walks to a corner, and sits. Henry locks eye contact with Wilma and says, Her VR session stops playing as soon as she takes the headset off. Grace scrunches up her face, claps her hands together, and says, I don't like school anymore. Wilma says, Why don't you? You're two grades ahead. Grace says, It's dumb now. Smiling, Henry says, She's using the Christian curriculum now. Wilma narrows her eyes and says, why are you making her take the Christian curriculum? He leans back in his chair and says, It's the only one available right now. The other programs are paused because of that Supreme Court ruling. She says, Well, that pretty much wrecks public education. He says, Why worry about it? Most people won't get a real job anyway. Robots are going to do everything. Wilma says, Because my daughter loved school and now she hates it. That's not going to work for her. Without realizing she's done it, she makes the hand gesture to start video recording with her glasses. Grace says, That won't work for me, Principal Henry. He says, Parents who demand choice forget choice is a new thing. Wilma's voice strains as she says, What world do you live in where you think these changes will work? After the last bell rings, parents meet kids in the lunch hall auditorium. While Wilma waits for Grace to fetch her things from the classroom, she watches kids walk into the hall and form groups. One girl who might be Grace's age sits by herself on the stage, air-clicking with glasses frosted over. With a glance, Wilma can tell the girl has no friends. Ugly kids are dealt a harsh blow early on in life. Why do Humes continue to produce a percentage of ugly children? They must be needed somehow, even though most societies turn them into outcasts. Wilma walks over to the girl and says, Excuse me. The snot-nosed kid's glasses clear, and she watches Wilma indifferently. Wilma says, Hi, I'm Grace's mother. Do you know? The girl says, I don't want to be friends with Grace. Wilma steps back and says, Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you get back to glass time. She retreats to the opposite wall and stares at her shoes. On the way home, Grace walks under an iridescent umbrella. They walk up to the library entrance, but the door is locked. The windows are dark, and a sign taped to the door says, Closed for remodeling, this building will reopen as a Bible study center. Wilma drops Grace's hand and paces back and forth. Grace says, What are you doing, Mom? Wilma says, I'm having trouble breathing. She holds a hand to her chest. They walk through a retirement village named Friends, 
The buildings feature eight outer walls with octagon floor plans. Eight front doors on each wall provide entrances to eight condos. By sharing walls, the condos achieve better temperature control and storm resistance. The walls slant in from bottom to top. The roofs have no eaves. Grates around the home's root flood waters into large underground tanks. The buildings are new. The retired folks here saved for a future with a higher cost of living. In a post-worker world when everything is ridiculously cheap, elderly people who saved can now live it up. A wrinkly, white-haired woman walks a dog that barks at Grace and her mom. Wilma calls out, Hi, Dana. Dana walks up to them and says, Is school out for the day? Wilma says, We may never go back. Her eyelids sting with moisture in the dry heat. Dana says, Why's that? Dana is surprisingly muscular for someone in her 70s. Wilma says, They won't let Grace take secular K through 12. Dana says, Oh, that breaks my heart. I'm sorry to hear that. Wilman says, I need to find a way to homeschool her, but a lot of educational websites are down. Dana says, Have you heard of Medusa? Wilma says, Isn't it the dark web? Dana slaps her leg and says, Well, you know I can't get my muscle-building meds on the cheap legally, so I use Medusa. But it's so much more than the dark web. It's a phantom service provider. Just this morning, I watched a show about a Native American tribe that started providing servers for VR schools that have been paused. The Supreme Court can't pause education sites hosted on the tribe's servers. I bet Grace can take her class on Medusa. Wilma says, Is Medusa safe? My ear canal link getting malware sounds like a nightmare. Dana says, Sweetheart, I've been using Medusa for years. The bootleg meds and access to AI doctors that I get, I've never had a problem with it. Wilma says, But is it legal? Will I get in trouble? Dana says, You're still on the service provider that gave you the link, so you're not going to have problems at the bank or taxes or voting or anything like that. I can't tell you it's legal, but I never heard of someone getting in trouble just for using it. You could order a house link and just install it on that, that's what I do. Wilma says, I guess I can look into it. She feels relieved and a little excited. Dana says, and you, little Grace, how have you been? Grace, who's been looking upward, brings her gaze down and says, Do you think aliens are using the universe as a battery and that's why we have entropy? Dana says, Um, perhaps. Well, perhaps. Grace says, I'm thinking they live outside of time and they wound our universe up. It's winding down is what we call entropy. Wilma says, She's been talking about that all the way home. Dana says, Good. Good, you keep that up. Wilma and Grace sit on the floor using their coffee table as a desk. The air smells of cats. When a cat jumps up on the table, Grace pushes it off. A kitten mews nearby. They share an AR landscape through their glasses. Wilma swipes in the air to scroll through apps. Grace says, There it is. Wilma scrolls back and says, Medusa, the only service provider owned by no one. You deserve to be free. I think this is it. She clicks on the install button and waits. A pop-up says, Caution, the app you're trying to install has been known to violate service agreements. Grace says, The tuber said to click OK. Wilma air clicks the OK button. The app site closes, returning them to the home landscape with several apps hovering over the coffee table. Grace points at an icon depicting a femme's head with snakes for hair and glowing eyes. She says, there it is. Wilma clicks on it. 
all the apps disappear. Wilma says, Uh-oh. A billion tiny lights flicker and flash. Grace says, What's happening? Wilma says, Oh no, did I break something? Everything in the house with any kind of sound-producing component makes a sharp, loud noise. For a moment, buzzes, beeps, rings, and chirps fill the house. Both femmes jump. Several cats dart through the house and hide. Dozens of black windows pop up with white text flooding each window. Wilma says, How do I stop it? The windows disappear, leaving a new AR landscape with three icons in the upper right. A butch femme's voice says, Welcome to Medusa. Enjoy your freedom. Click the home icon or say end Medusa to return to your original service provider. Wilma is afraid to continue. The next day, Wilma picks up around the house and talks to her friend over her canal link. Maybe I should have pulled her out last year. Grace sits in front of the coffee table, her glasses frosted over. She says, The first steam engine was used to pump water out of mines. Wilman says, It's the secular K through 12, but it's smarter. They didn't offer it at her school. I didn't think there was more than one secular K through 12. I thought VR school was supposed to provide equal education for rich and poor kids. In the bedroom, an older cat sleeps next to a pile of its own vomit. Wilma uses the dustpan and a piece of cardboard to scoop it up. In Grace's VR, she and two other kids sit in the front row. The other desks are empty. Her VR sessions were always full before, and kids from her IRL school used to be in her VR classroom. The AI teacher, Samantha, quizzes the three students with an air of excitement and intrigue. She says, And what powered the steam engines? All three students answer out loud, but Grace doesn't hear the other two. She says, Coal. Samantha responds differently to each student simultaneously. Grace hears Samantha say, That is correct, Grace. You've answered the last 15 questions correctly. A few days later, Grace runs through the house yelling, Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Wilma pulls open the curtains on the living room window to see Simeon walk from the garage to an auto taxi with the hand truck. She says, What's he doing? Grace says, Let's go out to greet him. Wilma says, No, let's wait. Honey, get back from the window. Grace says, Why, Mom? Wilma says, Just do as I say. The door opens and Simeon comes in pushing two bulky rack mount computers. He says, My darlings. Grace runs up and grabs his arm, saying, Daddy's home, what are those? He says, We've got ourselves some neuromorphic computers. Grace says, Ooh! Wilma says, We cut off city power last year. Do we have enough power to run those? He says, We have plenty. Wilma says, I don't want to lose AC in the middle of the summer. He says, If it becomes an issue, we can turn them off in the summer. He gives her a reassuring smile and says, and how's my amazing daughter? What's new, Gracie? Gracie says, I hate irrational numbers. They shouldn't be. You can never finish writing them. They show that math is broken. He says, I don't know, Grace Alina. I thought you liked math. She says, oh, I do. I love math. I just hate irrational numbers. Simeon and Wilma recline on the couch wearing frosted over glasses. A cat walks across Wilma to get to the armrest. Simeon's glasses clear. He pinches Wilma's arm and says, Where's Grace? She says, 
She's been on those computers you brought home. He says, I knew it. She says, why don't you call her in here? He says, she won't like it. Assistant, call Grace in here. A few minutes later, Grace walks in and says, what is it? Wilma says, we just needed to make sure the earth didn't swallow you up. We haven't seen you for days. Grace says, you saw me this morning. Simeon says, did you join the computers together? She says, I created a new math. Both parents say, wow, good job. He says, how'd you do that? Grace says, there are all kinds of things you can get online with Medusa. He says, uh-oh. She says, there's an instance of machine evolver that you don't have to pay for and you can look at the code and I took parts of it to make a math evolver on the neuromorphic computer and I downloaded all math problems of all time. And I limited math creatures so they couldn't use irrational numbers. And some of the maths looked legit but had issues and I found one that works. It can solve any math problem and never use irrational numbers. He says, you used AI? She says, well, yes, it did all the work, but I set it up. Wilma sits up on the edge of the couch and says, is that a big deal? Simeon's eyes grow big as he says, I don't know. Grace says, it's a lot faster than other math, like a lot faster. Wilma takes off her glasses and says, and you can use it to multiply? Grace says, yes, it's kind of hard to learn. It has 42 digits. Pi is a two-digit number. Simeon stares at his wife, nodding, and says, Do we know any mathematicians? With a quizzical expression, Wilma says, I don't. Thank you for listening. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is in 20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.